You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Alright, so we were talking about the Star Wars movies and whether they should... Among other things. And whether they should be... Well, you're like a wino. <laughs> For the occasion, I brought the whole bottle. I'm drinking right out of the bottle. And you... I'll tell them how much is in there. About half a pint. <laughs> no, there isn't. There's like three Down swings left. Down half a pint of wine from the bottle. <laughs> There's like nothing left in the bottom. I was, I was saying how I hate that... Um, there is no original version of Star Wars that I can watch anymore. Just the weird re-release version. And you said that... Of course they exist somewhere. I didn't say tough shit, but I mean, come on. No, I like the original <laughs> I mean, if, you, if I'd been listening to that conversation, I wasn't participating hardly, really. You and when saying. I applied it to a movie that you love, like Wizard of Oz, and said, okay, let's replace the Tin Man with a CGI Tin Man. But it's the original Wizard of Oz, you know, and love, but there's a CGI Tin Man. You said that wouldn't bother you, right? What I said was, I know what it is for my whole life. And if the people who own that movie want to change it, I can't I think they can change it, but let me have the original as well. Right, well, you should have been purchasing it along the way. You should have there was your no video- way to yeah, videotape and laser disc. Yeah, but they look like shit. Doesn't matter, you're, you're, picking, the, you're picking now. In you this could have day, had it. In this day and age, the videotape and laser disc... And if we were to do this disc, conversation... And it, it, two dudes at some Star Wars convention were having it would be like, oh my god, what a couple of dorks. I'm and saying yet it's coming out of In this day mouth. and age, the videotape <laughs> and the laser disc would look like turd on a, H, on a HDTV. Because they're like little postage stamps blown up. If you're devoted to your little movies as much as you say you are, then you wouldn't mind if you had to watch them on a little watch television no. or a little tiny black and white. You love them for what they are. It's unnecessary for there not to be not a, a modern-day technology version of the original. Yeah, because George Lucas is alive, he owns it, and that's his choice. Well, then he needs to... Succumb to you people? <laughs> yeah. That, anyway. is, that is the before-the-after-the-show discussion. If you didn't already know. So, um, it is Sunday, April the 17th, and excuse us if we if these kids start yelling or whatever. Cause... No, they're going in. I saw them. Oh, good. They all have vehicles now, of child-sized vehicles, and they drive around our big shared driveway, and they were putting them, they were parking them in their little crappy building out there. Right. So. All right, so it's Sunday, April the 17th, 2011, and this is after the show number 168, and after the show is... After the show is a uh, <laughs> movie review podcast. Yes. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Weekly movie review podcast. There's 168 of them as of today. Um, something new has happened because you've been doing this every week now. Just in case this is the first time for anybody. Yeah. Right. And you're my husband. I'm your wife. Blah, blah, blah. Correct. We have websites and this is what we do. And so uh, the movie we're going to be looking at this week is... The Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Correct? That's a long title. Um, Yeah, and on our marquee. Well, on there as well. Narnia 3 (laughs) for um, short, just if I want to abbreviate. So uh, we're looking at the Blu-ray release. This is a 2010 movie released on Blu-ray and DVD on the 8th of April 2011, so a couple of weeks ago. Uh, It's on Blu-ray and... The Narnia series of movies isn't with Disney anymore. The last two were. It's moved to Fox, so it's from our friends at Fox this time, not Disney. Um, 
But thank you to Disney for the other two <laughs> years ago. So um, you're going to tell us what this movie's all about. Hmm. It's another adventure to Narnia. What's Narnia? Narnia is a fantasy land on the other side of some sort of fittings in a room, either a wardrobe or a picture, apparently. I forget how they got there in the second one. Was it the wardrobe? Yes. Okay. Uh, they pass through this magical thing, and then they get into this magical place called Narnia, and there now we have the younger siblings who have been the king and queen of this place, and they encounter the King Caspian, and they go on another adventure to stop evil from infecting the world. Which sounds a lot like the never-ending story. Really? The nothing. I think, yeah. The nothing. The I think nothing. a lot of our stories, <laughs> you know, and I don't say borrow from each other, but we have a certain, as humans, a certain imagination to us, don't we, the people that do? Well, it's a certain reality. Yeah. Like, the darkness of humanity can either take over all of humanity or not. I think that's and obviously... There's a, and there's a lot of that throughout uh, storytelling of um, a parallel world, world to ours that yeah. is maybe better or, or worse or needs our help and we can be heroes, etc. I don't know of any other stories like that, except for Wizard of Oz. I have some others <laughs> uh, as my uh, recommendations, but I won't mention them now. So, um, Oh, yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, uh, the movie, the third... Is that going to sleep? No, the okay. third in, uh, in the Narnia series. It won't go to sleep. I don't have any sleep on my computer. Very good. Um, so it's the third in the Narnia series, um, and it's also the third book. And we didn't explain the books from the 40s, the 30s and 40s. Don't know. I'd 40s, never heard of him until I met him. Oh, is it the 40s, 50s? Is around there. Um, anyway, C.S. Lewis. English um, author. Beloved books in England. You know, I studied them at school. Um, you didn't. Mm-mm. So Americans, not as beloved. I don't know about that. I only lived in a small no, town. No, maybe not. I, yeah, but I have I no mean, idea. I've not lived all over the country. So people in other states... And let other me say that right. they were like the Harry Potter... Of that time, like there were, it was a phenomenon. There were huge books, you know. Every kid knew the story. Stood um, in line waiting for the books. That kind of thing, yeah. Reckon uh, back in the forties and fifties. Yeah, I think so. Ordered them, you know, that kind of thing. It was a. Uh, I, I talking of books, is an interesting thing and something that I remember from when I was at school. Did you have a book club at school? I don't mean a, a library. I mean a. They give you a brochure. Yeah, books. Scholastic yeah, is what we Well, have. right. Ours was um, Goodreads or something to that effect. And it was just awesome because, like, this lady would come into the school and she'd have this big cardboard box and she'd hand out these pamphlets. And the pamphlets were kind of like a newspaper. Yep, yep, exactly. And you, they all had an order number. And there were magazines and there were books and See, there were series of books. Hooked. Not magazines like magazines, but kid children's um like magazine they were like magazines for kids you know like and you used to go through it and you could i don't know pick two or three or something was that the deal i mean you, you had to pay for them want. yeah well i think i was was like there was a you had, you had to buy a certain amount and if you bought one you had to have two or something oh i don't think but anyway so. you'd go through and you'd pick the ones you want and then you'd hand the thing in and then you'd go home and tell your parents or you'd have to ask your parents first that uh you were going to order a couple of books and they'd give you the Five pound or seven pound, right. I remember it was. I used to always be excited that I'd have this seven pound and take it and give it to the teacher. Then a couple of weeks later, magically, yeah, books. The uh, teacher would come into the class with a box and she'd sit down at the front and she'd call each person's name and there'd be a little wrapped up package with you. 
brand new, you know, that Those new... were packed up. Ours were, like, in the box and say, what I... This could be a lifelong thing, but I love multiples. You know how I love multiples? Like, if I go right. into Staples and I see 20 packages of tape all together, I just <laughs> I have a thing for books and office supplies and art supplies in multiples, right? So I remember her, she would open a box and in one side would be, like, 20 copies of you know, Nancy Drew, and then 20 copies of something else. And I just remember, like, I would look in there and think, oh, look <laughs> at all those books. They're all the same. And then she'd, she'd look at your thing and go, okay, you got a Nancy Drew, and you got a this, and you got this magazine, and then you get this little dinosaur eraser because you ordered $10 yeah, for the stuff that was or whatever. what I was getting to. I was and then she'd just hand it to you. And I was just wrapped up in, like, um, not gift paper, but, like, brown paper with a string. And when you opened it, there was... The, maybe the two books you ordered and they always smelled really good because they were brand you know spanking new from the Sounds press like you did grow up in the 30s <laughs> and then the um there was always a gift in there and it was either uh, a bookmark yeah like, always a, got a, bookmark. like a cool bookmark and they were generally le- or a poster thing that would fold out from yeah. one of your books yeah. but the bookmarks were generally leather and uh they were oh they were, wow yeah they were like cool um, and they had like gold embossing on them and say you'd ordered lion the witch in the wardrobe it might be a lion the witch in the wardrobe bookmark but they'd be a bookmark and they'd be a lollipop always a lollipop like just a just a plain like yeah. white, you know red lollipop but i, I totally remember that it was one of, and lion the witch in the wardrobe was i got all the narnia books through that service you know went and read them all so um kind of sticks with you Things like that. Yeah. It's like a magical time. Like that that day when the teacher, I was like, oh wow, we're going to get those books today, you know, that we ordered three weeks ago. I always wanted a lot more than my mom would let me order. Oh, well, so did I. <laughs> but I could only usually have two or something. Or maybe one, I don't know. But um, yeah, off topic. Uh, but yeah, books, it fits in with this. Yeah. So this is the third movie and the third book. Um, Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe is my favourite Narnia book. Oh, that but, you said Caspian was last time. Um, it's, it's, it's weird because of the first one. Because it was the first one. But um, I've always liked the adventure of um, the Dawn Treader. It's, um, the Dawn Treader is a ship. Yeah, out of all the books, it's the one that's more a straight-up adventure. And I like the fact that it was on a boat the entire time, you know? There's a bit more to it in the book than there is in the movie. But they covered most of it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a bit more there's a bit more at sea kind of stuff. Just Would you every read it day. again? You should read them all again. Yeah, well there's there's a lot of everyday at sea downtime yeah, in the yeah. book where they don't do any of that. It's just straight up action the entire time really on this movie. Um but uh, I think they really told it well and I think the special effects were very good. Um Yeah. You know, and, and the there ship... There only a couple of things, like the one-footed people, they looked a little bit weird. Yeah, but I mean, they're one-footed people. I know, but I mean, even if in my imagination I'm thinking I can pretend I know what one-footed people look like, they still looked a little bit ropey. Right. Everything else. I mean, the sea monster, the the minotaur, the... What are they called? Sin- Centaurs. Centaurs. The part goat, part yeah. man. Um, they all looked... I mean, the mouse is brill- absolutely one of the best... Yeah, just amazing looking to me. Yeah, I you know, just you forget he's not a living mouse that's yeah, talking. You do, and that's a, a high praise from someone who. Yeah, it's not. I like, don't mean to look at faults, but sometimes I just jump out at you. But no, and this um, to me, uh, and it it makes me think, like thinking back of the Nani story. You know, it is like a, you know, Lord of the Rings books are also a similar type of deal, like an adventure. 
but they're a bit more grown up. Yeah, yeah. But this is like a children's... If you're into Lord of the Rings, like, children can get into, like, a whole world and, and feel that they're in it and feel like you're on an adventure. And they, they made the movies specifically with enough things that would appeal to kids, too. You know, like, the the mouse, the banter. It's kind of filmed in a way, or scripted in a way, that would appeal to youngsters, I think. Um, you know, it's not... It's not necessarily scary. Shouldn't shouldn't it be? I'm thinking that's good. I'm saying that's good. Because I like I like that because it's a it's a tale of wonder and a, a a a tale about kids. Right. Yeah. So I like the fact that they don't take it too dark. You know, because it's not like um, there might well there might be some scary moments. They don't go overboard and yeah. try and make it super scary. And the monsters are just fun, really. I mean, that sea monster's no fun. He's creepy. He's creepy, but I mean, you're not under the impression He's that he's not as creepy as the Kraken from Pirates of the Caribbean. No, Kraken. it's not as it's it's more fantastical. I would say, and the dragon, and you know, it's all you can get behind it as a kid, like this, you know, and there's all that about the kids becoming heroes, like how you can be a hero. I mean, it's you can get behind it, can't you? Even as an adult, you can get behind it because I think back to when I read it as a kid and how. I wanted to carry on reading it because I wanted to right. know what these characters were going to get up to. And it doesn't necessarily go the way you think it's going to go either, I don't think, throughout the books. I don't know, I haven't read them all. Well, you've, so. you've seen three of them now, uh, movies. Um, it doesn't always end up how you would think. I don't want to give away the endings, so I'm not going to no, comment. No. So what, <laughs> did, what did you think of... Uh, I enjoy no, them not, all. Uh, not reading... Well, talking of this one, but not reading the books. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. I get really... Does it make you want to read the books? Kind of. But you know me. I'm not a great reader. I don't have the patience, I think. Hmm. If you were to give me the books... <laughs> I have them on my nook. <laughs> Alright, well, you don't want to loan me your nook. Trust me, once I start reading, I don't put it down. <laughs> until I'm done with the book. Like when I recently read those zombie novels or whatever from you know a young woman at work. Loaned them to me. I had no intention of reading them, but she thought I would enjoy them because I like zombie movies. I start reading. I can't stop. The next day I go to work, she gives me another one. I can't stop reading until I'm done. I get I, it, I walk with it in my hand to go to the car, and then it's laying in the seat, so at a stop sign, I want to pick it up and look at it. I take it to the toilet. I take it shopping with like me. I know. Like, I'll read a chapter each night before I go to sleep. Oh, and I can't do that. I can't yeah. stop. And so it's I'll get like through a, a book in a couple of weeks. It'd be like saying to me, well, here's the, here's the Narnia movie, but I want you to watch it 15 minutes at a time. Right. And I just can't do that, so. I do get lost in books, though. I totally get sucked into it. Nothing pulls me out. I feel, though, that I abandon everything else in life when I'm reading, so. So back to this, this Narnia movie. I enjoy it. Don't I get you... lost. The details of the ship and the world and... I'm not a huge fan of the story necessarily because I don't really care. I actually think honest. it's a great story. I don't give a shit about Caspian or Narnia because I just don't. I'm not that endeared to it. Too old, I think. <laughs> Thanks. What I mean is, I do give a shit about it because I have a childhood tied to it. Right. Like I feel like I visited that world from reading a book when I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? And I don't feel like in this one or the second one, I had the same like that rousing thing that happens in you when you're kind of coming to the to the big event of the movie or like the big dun da 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 like adventurous like heroine hero moment. I don't feel like I've had that in the last two. 
So I feel like, okay, I'm pretty much going to understand how the story's going to go, basically, roughly. We're going to get through it. Now, in the meantime, though, I'm totally sucked into the action, to the look of it, all of it. I think I'm... I love the fan. I can get there in my mind. It is really well made. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact... There's a couple of fishy green screen moments. Well, but, a lot yeah. of the images I have in my mind from reading the book, because you conjure your own images, obviously. Yeah, yeah. They're very close to what they put on the screen. I mean, the ship's almost identical to how I thought it was. Because they did... In the, bu- in the book, they talk about um, about purples and blues. And you the gold the color of the, the color of the no, cover. Yeah. They talk about that a lot, and it just... The sails being purple, you know. When you saw it, did your mind go, oh, that's what it yeah, looks exactly. like? Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Like, yes, I, you know, they explain the head stick, you know, like it's a, it's a ship. Looks like, like an a old serpent. Norse ship with like a, a, a dragon sticking out of, uh, like a serpent, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, it's almost like the picture I had it in my head. So that's good because they obviously paid attention to the book um, when they were art designing it. Um, there's a. I don't know. I don't think. I, I don't think there's anything bad. I see them all as a whole movie as well. I'm just a bit frightened that other movies won't get made. Like they won't finish. Because what I read, there was like a lot of difficulty, obviously, with it, this mer- Disney ditching it and then Fox picking it up. And now this one didn't wasn't a huge box of office success. Um, not sure why, because it's still beloved in lots of countries. So maybe people were waiting for the. Blu-ray, it might do really well on Blu-ray, I don't know. But um, I'm hoping that the rest of it gets made, because it would have been like Peter Jackson making two of the Lord of the Rings movies, and then they say, oh, we're not making it anymore. kind of sucks, like, you know? Well, like I said, Narnia wasn't ever part of my childhood ever. Now, it might be in some places in the U.S., and some people might be listening going, oh, of course we read it. But not to me, it's not... But, but I've Lord heard, of the Rings? I've heard of Lord of the Rings, and people in my But it schools, wasn't part of your child, because you didn't... I didn't read it, but other kids did, yeah. Other people mm. had it, other people read it in high school and college, and, you know, I was aware of it my whole life. And that is all over the world. So, you know, I could just, be the you know, like, something like Harry Potter gets made into, like, seven movies or whatever, and Narnia yeah. might get the shaft. That's all I'm frightened of, like, that it, it doesn't get chunks, because there are, there are people who this, won't read it. as the... One of the very few negatives. The story doesn't move forward at all for me. They've discovered Narnia. They become royalty. N- it actually moves it. forward quite a bit in the next three books. Like well, that's what I'm saying is the, to this point it hasn't. So for me as a viewer, even though I love the experience of the movies, the story is like the first one they find it, the second one they help the king guy, but they're still king and queen, and the older kids go, and then this time they're still the king and queen, and they're helping the king guy. Find some other stuff. And, yeah, I'll, t- you know, I'll, I'll tell you what. It de- the only thing that happens are adventures in the story, which is fine. Uh, but the story doesn't move forward. To in me. the next book, the the silver chair, the next one. Don't tell us. No, I'm I'm just saying it <laughs> deviates a lot from when you say it doesn't push forward. It does. It doesn't. The only thing I can tell you about the silver chair is it doesn't feature the Pevensies. Right. Um, and that's kind that of that doesn't mean it moves forward. It just means it does move forward. Uh, I'm thinking of the story now. Is Quite a lot different than the. Um, in fact, you'd be surprised what it's about. And and then let's make our own movie then. <laughs> well, no, I I mean give C.S. Lewis <laughs> the Jew, you know. Um, but like I say, it's um, I like it. It's just a escapist. It's great for kids. I mean, even kids of this generation, because the story's kind of timeless. I mean, we still have, you know, Harry Potter's a new story, right? 
Yeah. But it's still taking you to a different place. Yeah, totally. Magic and beasts. The stories of honor and nobility and honesty. And how, how, as a child, you're not useless. You can change things or you can be a hero. Like I said, you know, they're all the same kind of stories. Mm -hmm. Just depend. One set in Hogwarts, one set in Narnia, one set in Middle Earth. You know, it's... That's not about children. (laughs) No. Not at all. (laughs) Not about children, but about the little... I mean, the hobbits are the underdogs who can right. change something. You know, they're just these beings who are peaceful, but they... Yeah, yeah. So there's always that, you know, the same as a child not being able to, you know, have an adventure or whatever. So, you know, I see hobbits as kind of children, children-like, you know, when they're playing in the Shire. Well, that's and, rude, because they're grown people. Yeah, they are, but they're childlike. <laughs> they're not. They're, I mean, childlike the in their we, ways, you know. They play in the Shire, they... The young ones do. They do the old ones do stuff. all their work. You're just yeah. talking about the little frickin' frat yeah, or whatever. Yeah, those <laughs> ones, yeah. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins was not childlike. He was quite... Bilbo was Baggins is a funny name. Um, yeah, see, so yeah, I um, in, thoroughly enjoy. I was looking forward to another Narnia movie, to be honest. I know a lot of people... I'm not behind it as much as me, but... Like that dick nest guy who said he didn't even do the review when he got the DVD, just threw it on his desk, because like, who cares about Narnia anymore? Yeah, I did see it on iFilm every week. They have this little column that's like, here's the DVDs that are out today on Tuesday. And he has a scale, and he'll say, buy it, rent it, or skip it. So at the top was something like, I don't know, the buy it one, the good one for that week, and then there was the... Rent it one, and then at the bottom there was Narnia, and it said skip it. And I was like, why? Why just want to skip Narnia? And he's like, I don't even know who these movies are made for. Who even watches this kind of crap? Uh, skip it. That was pretty much all he wrote. Some twenty something. I'm not even going to write a review about it. Shit for brains. Because I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, how can you dismiss something that gives so many? I dismiss a lot of things before I see them, but I will see them, and then I'll you well, know, I mean, continue my I mean, judgment. The, the movie is really foots fairly aimed at kids right he might not be a kid he might be a, like you say a 21 year old jaded asshole right but still you have to look at the audience who it's for I mean when you say who the hell watches this well maybe your friends don't but there's lots of people who get enjoyment out of it it's and crazy not to, just decide crazy not to come at it from that it. angle as a reviewer I don't it kind of I was like, whoa. I mean... I don't know, though. There are movies I probably wouldn't be interested in either, but... And you pass off a lot of movies we don't want to no, watch. No, but I'd still... <laughs> I would still appreciate, like... The people I don't do want to like watch it. a Hannah Montana movie, because I know what it is and what it represents. Right. But I do know who wants to watch a Hannah Montana movie, and I don't... Wouldn't say to anybody, don't get this, like, it's... Right. It's useless or anything. No, because it's, it's for a, a particular audience who love it, right? And Narnia is actually for kids. I mean... And we watched Hot Tub Time Machine. So if that's not breaking our backs to be accommodating to a movie that has no interest to me whatsoever, I I don't know what it is. Funny thing is, I enjoyed Hot Tub Time Machine. I thought it was funny. Hmm. I did think it was funny because of the 80s. I'm talking about your, like, my anticipation of a movie, my thinking of, like, this is not for me and I know it's going to be lame and... Right. But I watch it. I understand its audience. It's not me. Maybe 10% of me. And maybe I'm not the audience for Narnia, but there again, I do have a tie to it, so I am. Right. I mean, I want to see a film version of Narnia because I liked the book so much as a kid. And I didn't read tons and tons of books when I was a kid. I was the kind of kid who would rather watch movies. Hence the reason (laughs) I watch movies now, probably. But 
the Narnia series was one of the ones that stuck in my mind. Of you know, I did read some books in school, and I do read books more now than I ever did since getting an e-reader. Did you read all the Star Wars books? No. <laughs> Before they became movies, or were they books? No, they were. <laughs> they were books after they were movies. But um, no. I read Jaws before I saw the movie. I read The Exorcist before I saw the movie. I read Willard before I saw the movie. I read Jaws. I read Interview the Vampire after I saw the movie. I read, I read the some Rats. Stephen King's books. Yeah, I read quite a few. Christine and Carrie before I, I saw it the movie. and The Thing or Thing or whatever it's called. Yeah. So um, let's move on to the cast of this movie. We've got... Um, Pretty much returning cast members from the last movie and the movie Minus before. Minus two. Yeah, and they do make a brief appearance in yeah. here, uh, the older Pevensies. But um, we've got Georgie Henley as Lucy Pevensie. Do you like her? Mm-hmm. I really do. She's, she's very sweet, but tough. She's the perfect... Yeah. Like, when I was just talking about who this movie would be aimed at, a girl that age would really get behind that character. I'm not sure. I think you'd be aiming younger. Maybe the younger girl. and Not the girls that age. They wouldn't admit that they would rally behind. They might watch it alone in their room. But they're not going to be like, Here's 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 an interesting thing about girls of age, right? You know Matchstick Men with Nicolas Cage? Mm Mm-hmm. The girl. Mm Mm-hmm. You know the girl, right? Yes. In that movie. How old was she? Like 12, 13? 16, I think. No, I think it was 13, something like that. Right. Her physical age when she was that movie was twenty. Right. Uh, I I learned that this week because I was looking at like movie trivia and I was like, no way! She, like she looked really young for twenty. Like really, she wasn't being twelve. I think she was sixteen. I think it said she was thirteen in the movie and mm, twenty right. in real life. It was like a big gap, and I was like, wow. But how old did you say this girl? Would you in she, the movie? She's like a fifteen-year-old to me. In the movie? Yeah. Uh, about twelve. Maybe. Oh, 30. is she even young, supposed to be younger? Yeah. I'm thinking she's like... So, in real life, she's probably about 15. <laughs> right? Because um, there's been a gap of years between these movies, hasn't there? So, you have to kind well, of... Well, it's been three through. years anyway. So, she's growing up with yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Didn't he say it was one year since Prince Caspian? Three. Oh, is it three? All right. So, um, yeah, I really like her. And, you know, obviously, it's great that they get the same kids to come back and they have the sappy moments where they're really tugging at the where she's you know learning lessons of life and passing on a lesson of life to a younger girl even and yeah there are lots of like um it's really good-hearted yeah very good-hearted lots of moments where you're supposed to be learning a very heartfelt lesson you know like you know so Um, she, she delivers them well and skander keens plays edmund pevensey again returning from the the kids do a good job, I yeah. think, in general. Um, they're very... It's that Harry Potterish um, English <laughs> um, chimney sweep kind of actorly. And they don't go like, hello, governor. <laughs> don't do that shit. <laughs> well, uh, Will, hello, governor. And this is the kid I was trying to figure out who he was the entire movie, and I had to go and look it up. And then I, I knew. Like, then I was like, holy shit, yeah. Will Poulter plays uh, Eustace Clarence Scrub. Now, he's the cousin of the Pevensies, Um I really like him. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because he gets so, he gets sucked into this adventure with them, almost, actually, literally. And he's a piece of work. Um, yeah, and he's... He's basically this, the horrible fat cousin, who, of course, they make him fat because he's horrible, in the Harry Potter movies. Yes. You know, he's visiting, and that kid is really spoiled and rude and demanding. And, and this a non-believer, guy's... this kid, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't have a lot of choice. And if you don't like him... That's intentional at yeah, the beginning. Yeah. 
But do, and are there any children who really talk like that? Like, There was a character called Just William that was like a comic strip character who uh, was very much like that character. Can you do so that I, accent? No. So, but they, <laughs> mu- they must have been a stereotype of that kind of kid around those times because that just I feel William like a rich kid thing. who's got that spoiled. Rule, 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 and like everybody's a pain in the in his ass, like he's he's, he's above everyone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But he does a good job. Yeah, and he really does. And from the moment he was in it, I was like, I'm probably gonna hate this character. But that's the intention. But things might change, you know. Um, and he's from Son of Rambo. Son of yeah, Son of Rambo. He's excellent. Movie. Which is an Should excellent. Should put that in your recommendation. Yeah. Uh, ben Barnes plays Caspian, handsome Prince Caspian. Pretty neutral on him, to be honest. He's fine, but it's not a very beefy role, is it? To be honest, I mean, it was more of a beefy role in Prince in the movie Prince Caspian. I thought <laughs> this movie, while he is a very main focal point of the movie, because um, Caspian is, he just delivers of, a lot of exposition. And you know, times. looks handsome. I mean, that's that's subjective. I don't think he, yeah. Oh, it doesn't look handsome. He just does neutral. It's just that rugged, like, I mean... He's neutral, man. He's totally neutral. Yeah, well, I thought he was actually did a pretty good job. He does a fine job, but I'm saying looks-wise, he's neutral. Uh, so I, I can't really rate... <laughs> well, so. clearly you think he's handsome. Well, I, I think that's what he's supposed to be. He's <laughs> not Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow's way sexier than him. Well, I'm not thinking sexy. I'm thinking just... Rugged. Is like, there a difference? Jack Sparrow looks drunk the entire time to me, like some drunk, and a little bit stinky. wasted, Very smelly stinky. guy. Yeah, and this guy's like kept. He's got designer stubble almost, doesn't he? You know, he doesn't look like he smells. You don't think Jack Sparrow yeah, has yeah. designer stubble? Actually, I mean, he's got designer breeding. Actually, funny breeded. thing about uh, Prince Caspian, he's like a pirate on a ship. I mean, he's a not a pirate. He's on. A, he's on a pi- almost like a pirate ship. People would be really stinky on a ship like that, right? But he looks super clean and after shaved up, doesn't he? He never, he doesn't really look like he's been on that ship much. Well, it's a fantasy world. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Jack Sparrow looks like he's never washed his pants in a million years. None right? of them do, though. It's a different art design. So, um... Costume design. Tilda Swinton plays the White Witch. <laughs> Come on. She's in it. Barely. Do we yeah. even have to, men- to mention her and put her on the cover? Well, she's in the cast. Re- so is Liam Neeson, but, I mean, you don't see his face. I mean, I know he's a lion and everything, but he barely says anything. Liam Neeson plays Aslan, again, the voice. Yeah. And uh, Simon Pegg plays Reepicheep. Um And he's really good. I, I like Simon Pegg as Reepicheep. I think he adds a cheeky... I think it's pretty interchangeable, to be honest. No, I think, it, I think it's, you know, you know it's Simon Pegg. I didn't know it was Simon Pegg. You didn't know from the last one? No, I don't remember. <laughs> you, you, you know, how can, how can you review Go movies? You say your real opinion. Say what you're going to say. I don't really, what? 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 You're going, you're really what? I what? Like Alzheimer's? What are you saying? I don't Something remember like things. <laughs> you don't remember much. I remember what I want. To remember. You no, don't, I don't remember. Do you remember Reaper Jeep in the last movie? Mm, barely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a major part of it. Um... <laughs> So, don't trust Sid Talks um, if she has to remember something. <laughs> so, uh, this is uh, directed by Michael Apted, who also directed Gorky Park, Oscar-nominated movie. I've never seen Gorky Park. And The World Is Not Enough, um, the Bond movie. I have seen that, and I like the beginning, but I don't like it. Pierce Brosnan Bond movie, right? Correct. Um, I like that one. I think, I like all Bond movies. It's not my favorite. I don't like Halle Berry, so that kind of takes it yeah, away from me, but... 
I like her being in peril. <laughs> um, well, you know, he's he's not he's done a lot of TV in between those two. He seems a bit too serious to me when he's talking. He's got a really nice, dark, deep voice, though. But he seems really takes it really. I think he did a good job of the movie, though. Yeah. Um, I like that there's a lot of it really up close, almost handheld stuff going there on. There was not a lot just, of handheld. Not just the classic from a distance action It was a shots. very different style to yeah. the other two movies. I, Actually, did like I that. noticed that immediately that it was like a bit more in your face. Like sometimes. I mean, sometimes you get the big sweeping panorama of everything, and then sometimes you get this like you're right on the hip of somebody and going along. So it could be. You could see it as like, okay, pick, make, pick, make up your mind. But then on the other hand, you're on an adventure with these people. So it's kind of nice to get mixed up in there. So um, moving on to the Blu-ray set. And I've got to say, um, the packaging is uh, exquisite. Um, I can't explain the packaging really on the microphone. But if you look at it online or whatever. In fact, it shows you on the back. It, the packaging opens up like a gatefold sleeve into a... Um, Recreation of the helm, the poop deck. Poop deck of um, the of the. Is this trip. box made out of like solid gold and mahogany and stuff? Kind oh of. no, it's just cardboard. But it's it's a really <laughs> nice. But it's not like your normal. It's not your blue, Blu-ray keep case. It's a, yeah. a really nice, shiny. It's got lots of artwork on it. It's got an art book inside, uh, postcard like uh, postcards, um, collectible. What do they call it? Collectible picture book. Um, they're just screenshots from the movie. Yeah, but they're really nice. It's a nice set. Like, they made some effort. Like, a lot of these sets on Blu-ray now is just a Blu-ray keep case with a piece of paper slung in it. This is actually a... I think they should have included the book. <laughs> I always do think they should include yeah. the book with something like this, but they never seem to, do they? Maybe they don't have the right... Or even a storybook of the book, you know? Like a pared-down 20-page... It is a gorgeous package, though. It's um, all, like embossed and it's got if this is someone's first time listening then you will learn this right now a scully is always enamored by packaging always this one's a special one i think i think it's a waste of resources and time and effort and it takes a very very powerfully special cover or anything for me to go like yeah that's pretty good but other than that i think we do away with the packaging do away with the dvds and let us download everything so that's where we stand on that. And he loves, if you give him a shiny box with a bumpy embossed image or a hologrammy thing or anything, he's just like, ooh, ah, I love it. I do love this. <laughs> and this one is diff- quite different to a normal Blu-ray set. So um, give it a look. I mean, and everyone comes in this. It's not just a special thing. All of them come in this. So um, it's a three-disc set. Um, that on the back claims that is 90 minutes of magical extras. But it won't match your other Narnia boxes. No, it doesn't Because it's from another company. Yeah, um, but yeah. I'm sure somebody sells a box that's got Narnia on it that you can put all the... They're quite nice, the um, covers for the original two Narnias, um, but they're not really in the... They don't look exactly like this, you know? Um, And this has... I love that purple colour. And it's the the colour of the sails on the ship. That's good, because that's what colour my new coat is. Yes. So um, it's a three-disc set. This one is the Blu-ray. It features the movie. I don't think that is a... <laughs> That's not a feature, is it? <laughs> it says includes the Chronicles okay. of Narnia Voyage of the Dawn Treader in high definition, of course. It also includes the Untold Adventures of the Dawn Treader animated short, which was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that is, I'll explain, is there's some parts of the book that didn't make it into the movie. 
just I, I see I see why yeah sure it would have cost a lot to make those battles there's a lot of battles go on before the Dawn Treader sets off and there's no reason to no so you get to see these in like a storybook form with Prince Caspian um, narrating over the top as though it's a letter to um, that would be King Caspian yeah who's it a letter to Lucy to them to the kids yeah. so um, it's quite I, I quite enjoyed it and it did bring back memories of the books you know um and then there's King Caspian's Guide to the Dawn Treader. Okay, you explain what that is. That is uh, where you can click on, say, the poop deck, and you go in and he explains to you what creatures helped create that part of the ship. You and, said poop deck. And what it's made out poop of. Deck. And you go to each section and it explains that trolls made this and fish made that and mermaids did this and or whatever. We didn't listen to them all, let's be honest, but we listened to a couple. Poop deck. And that's all it is. Poop. Right. As per our earlier discussion about men no longer growing up the way they should. Poop. That is a perfect example. Poop deck. <laughs> You're laughing at it. The percentage of the audience who will be laughing at that all have penises, and the percentage of the ones who are rolling their eyes and chuckling because of your mm. immaturity don't have penises. Poop deck. <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> uh, deleted scenes. Islands. I don't want to take the child out of you. I just want sometimes tone it down. Tone it down. Islands exploration. You can what, yeah. see what that one is. It's, it's pretty much the ship one. But. It's a trick, though. It kind of tell, it has a thing of all the islands that they go to, and then you click on it thinking it's all going to be about that island, but in truth, it's just all the extras, and you go to every island, and you get different stuff. There's right? also a play all feature, so you don't have to go to all the islands. Right. Um, and then there's Narnia Discoveries, Friends and Foes of Narnia. It's a Fox movie channel thing. Um, we're, we're all familiar with them if we've seen extras on Blu-ray discs before. There's uh, three behind-the-scenes featurettes, including Battle on the Sea, featurettes with uh, interviews, etc. And an audio commentary, which is very welcome on any Blu-ray for me. I hate it when they leave them out with the director. And there's Ooh, a game. he's got a nice voice. That'd be a good one to listen to. There's a game and more. I don't care what he says. I'll just listen to his voice. And there's also live extras, and there's one live extra, and that's the Carrie Underwood song from the end of the movie music video. Oh I, d- I did quite like the song. It really matches the uh, vibe of the... I guess. And the, I, think they, I think they had, at the end of the second movie, Prince Caspian, they had a really touching song like that. And was I think, it Leona Lewis or something? I think it was, yeah. No, Leona Lewis was at the end of Avatar. I think it was um, Kelly Clarkson, maybe. Maybe. So um, they're just going through the um, American (laughs) Idol people. (laughs) It'll be Ruben Studdard as the next one. Maybe not. (laughs) Clay Aiken. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that uh, other guy. The second disc is the DVD copy. So you get a DVD also in this box. And the third disc is the digital copy. Um, So all in all, quite a nice set. Well presented, all the extras you could need, really. I, I mean, I can't complain when you get a commentary and 90 minutes of stuff. I mean, it's pretty good, I think. Value's worth. Um, so, in conclusion, the Narnia Blu-ray. Also, picture quality, very good. Yeah. Sound, actually pretty awesome. Um, there's a lot of surround sound going on in this movie. You um, Okay, this is where I'm going to say my other negative. There's looping, the thing where you... They yeah, say, that's not, oh, nothing to do with the technical... Uh, no, 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 it's just the way the movie is... But it's really bad a lot that the sound that's coming out of their mouths, the quality of the sound, like the actual 
the sound of their voices. ADR, as they call it. Where it they, doesn't fit where with the surroundings. It's obviously... They've gone in a studio and, and recorded read. their lines, and somehow it doesn't get mixed to where it sounds organic in the in the scenes and stuff. That sounds really hokey. Because, yeah, if you were stood on a ship and you talked, there would be a certain sound to it. There's wood, there's sea... It's an open thing. You would sound... And that all has way. a certain um, sound to it. I mean, it's there, right? But then it's like putting an image... Like putting a CGI character in a movie and the contrast of that character is a little off. Like it's a little murky or it's too bright compared to the yeah. scene and they look... Like the Hobbits the at the is. end of uh, Lord of the Rings where they stood on the thing. Kind of. It's not horrible exactly. looking. It looks like they were cutouts. I don't get hung up on that like you do, but... The sound, well, it does bother me. Close up and don't I've get looked at it. You pointed it out horrible. to me every time. <laughs> horrible. It's like, what the hell? Did you run out of money? Right, and some scenes in this movie where they're talking, and it just sounds like they're standing in a studio saying their words, and yet the next person's line comes out of their mouth, yeah. and it sounds like it was they used the audio from and the this, scene. This movie's not just guilty of that. There's a lot of movies. Right, but this one, it was very obvious almost every scene. I There were very few scenes where... It didn't have a problem. And then the the Minotaur guy... Uh, uh. I thought it was Ray Winstone at first, but it's not. It's I not thought it was too. No, it's nobody right. who we know. He looks really awesome, but the voice coming out and the sound doesn't fit at all. Well, let's so just say this is nothing to do with the Blu-ray. Because no. the Blu-ray produces the sound I was quite saying, well. We went it's to just, the theater. It, it would have been exactly the same, yeah. The same, yeah. Um, so, yeah, very... Uh, and it's one of those... Um, the movie theatrically was letterboxed and very widescreen, but they did this one so it fills your whole 16 by 9 image. So by rights, they cropped a little bit to make it fill. But I like it when it fills um, the, the whole thing, don't you? I mean, you feel I feel like you're wasting some screen otherwise. No, I don't care. I do, because like, sometimes they put it in a very thin pillar box. But I'd this, rather have that and see it all. This actually fills your entire screen. Uh, I'm sure they probably chopped... Half an inch off top bottom or whatever, um, but it sides, looks it would be looks really yeah it looks really good, um, and I don't think you're missing anything by having that. We'll never know, will we? No, <laughs> I, I really don't think you are. So um, yeah, I um, if you're a fan of the Narnia series, the wine is now all gone. If you're a fan of the Narnia series, I recommend it because obviously you can't stop. After Prince Caspian. Yeah, of course. I mean, you have to continue. I don't know. Is it a jumping on point for anybody? Like, if they've not seen no, the other two? No, absolutely not. Get them all, right? Yeah. Start from the beginning. Yeah, and watch them all in a row. In fact, watch them all in a row would be really cool. It's a pretty big time investment. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't mean all... Maybe one Monday, one Tuesday, one Wednesday. I mean, yeah, you would, yeah. with your kids, you would... Um, the intricacies of it would be more yeah. fresh in your mind. Like, you forget stuff. You wouldn't have forgot. <laughs> you wouldn't I have forget, forgot. I forget things that don't matter. That's like Reaper Cheat. That's it. I forget things that don't occur He's literally to the hero of the next one. Right, well. I haven't seen the scene. next one. <laughs> I can't remember something from saying I haven't even seen. So, yeah, I recommend it. I, I think it's a great movie. Uh, sit down with your kids. I agree. Great family movie. It's a family movie, really, right? Or encourage it? your children to read the books. Or both. First, yeah, first, I'd read the book first and then watch the movies. I think that's the best way to do it. So yeah, maybe buy them a set. Buy them. Keep buying them the thing. Buy them the book as well. Book can't be that expensive. Um, so yeah, uh, if you thanks to Fox for the Blu-ray and it is available now in North America and the rest of the world, I believe it's out everywhere. So um, if you want to enter a contest, go to ascully.com, A-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com. Not a, not a contest to win this movie, to win a different movie. 
you can go there. Next week's Blu-ray review is Clint Eastwood's Hereafter, starring Matt Damon uh, on Blu-ray disc. We're going to look at that one next week. Sounds like a winning combination, right? Matt right. Damon and Clint Eastwood. Um, our movie room... Movie... <laughs> Haven't we already seen a Matt Damon, Clint Eastwood? Yes. Invictus. Correct. Oh, Matt Damon must be one of Clint's friends now. I don't remember things, eh? Is that what you're yeah. trying to say? I don't remember Well, stuff. Invictus was very good. Very good. So, I mean, Clint. Clint's the man. He's still making movies. He's really old. He's playing piano in his little studio tourist attraction there at where is he Universal or whatever they give him his own little office bungalow remember at the movie studio place and the lot yeah office bungalow it is kind of like a little bungalow thing he has his own sound stage what company is that Warner Warner Brothers right oh yeah because they put out the whole thing of all of his movies Clint's pretty much he's pretty much a a legend (laughs) he really is there's not many of those legends left either is there to be honest well, by the time we're 70 and 80, Matt Damon will be the legend. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Cruise, they'll all be old and dead by the time we're getting old and dying. <laughs> yeah. So, um, movie recommendations. Notice how when I said it earlier, I said it wrong. Mm-mm. That's why I stopped. But I said it right this time. So, um, mine, my movie recommendations for this week are The Spiderwick Chronicles. Because it has a similar vibe to this movie. Yeah. It's a bit darker. But... Yeah. Um, similar. Uh, and The Golden Compass. Yeah. Another movie, very similar to this movie. <laughs> if you like this movie, they're, the, they're two absolute knockouts. You like escaping and mixing reality with fantasy. And a, something a bit and childlike. One of mine is also right up in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And mine are uh, Stardust. It's not mixing reality with fantasy, really. I mean, it tries to, but in the in the reality of the world, they have the mystical thing, and it's really good. I mean, I remember watching it, and I wasn't. I was like, "Oh, what's this going to be?" And it was actually really well, of course, involving English. I'd never heard of it before. It was really good. I really liked it. And what reminded me of it was in this Narnia movie. There's a star that comes down and becomes a woman, and in Stardust. Well, actually, in those Nanny movies, I love the um, see-through ladies that oh, yeah. follow the they ship. Oh, yeah, they were awesome. Like dolphins that follow the ship. Yeah, yeah, but see, like, like ladies. water ladies. Yeah, yeah. Water nymphs. Is yeah. that there? Yeah, pretty much. And my other one is... Um, oh, I didn't put it on there, but my other one is actually Terabithia. And there's another one. Yeah. In fact, we just covered all of the movies that are like it's a modern. <laughs> I don't think it's all of them, but <laughs> it's a modern-day fantasy. You think it's fantasy, you don't know. But it's really good. And the reason I thought of Terabithia, because in this movie... Terabinthia yeah, yeah, is exactly. a place, and I wondered hmm, mm. how that happened. Anyway, and then my other one is sort of a fluffy one because today I was sitting in there and I started watching Andy Griffith, and I don't care what anybody says about what it what it represents, but I'm telling you now, Andy Griffith show has got some funny stuff, and it's got a lot of these little less life lessons, just like Narnia, just like all these little stories, and it made me laugh my head off because Barney Fife is hilarious, and I've decided. If I'm going to dress up for Halloween, I'm going to be Aunt B. <laughs> I don't even know who it is. You'd be lost on me. <gasps> you don't know who Aunt B is. Oh, my God. I no. don't remember the rat. You don't know Aunt B. Or he or even. It's not a rat. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's it for me. All right. So uh, games and a scully stuff this week. Um, in anticipation of Portal 2, which comes out this Tuesday, which I have ordered. Um, that's tomorrow. No, day after tomorrow, right? Um 
Portal 2, if you don't know, is Valve's... Um, Valve don't bring out games very often. The last one they brought out was Half-Life Episode 2. And uh, Portal was a game before that. But uh, this is the sequel to Portal. comes out this week. So, in anticipation of that, I played Portal this week, the original. I fired it up on Steam. And I played it start to finish. Well, I played it in two sittings. It took me 83 minutes to finish it. Now, that's... I'm not saying the game is an 83-minute game. It's just that I know the game off by art, pretty much. Because? Because I've played it, like, about eight times in the last... And it's a puzzle game, so once you've done a puzzle and you know how to do it, obviously it's going to be quicker than yeah. next time. All I can say is, I mean, it's um, it's almost a perfect game, apart from its length. And apart from you can't replay it. That's what she said. Um... But it's almost a perfect game. It's the concept of it. Can you explain the concept of Paul? Why? Why me? Just to uh, get involved in this I don't concept. know it exactly, except that you have a gun and you shoot a portal over there and a portal over there and you can go through one and then come out the other and you have to figure out how to get to a place. So you, you kind of wake up in this... in. Uh... So you're going to explain it anyway. Because well, <laughs> I don't know it. You wake up in... Uh, you don't know where you are. You're in some kind of testing science facility. Lab. Science lab. And you're being told over the loudspeaker what to do, basically. And the person who's telling you is this AI called GLaDOS, who's this robot kind of AI thing that's telling you to advance from one chamber to another because they want to see, test you for some reason. You don't know why you're being tested, but as you're going along through these these chambers and solving the puzzles, which involves, like you said, a gun that can fire a portal... At first, you can only fire one portal. So you fire a portal, and there's a hole. It puts a hole wherever you did it. And where, you, when you look in the hole, there's already a predetermined other portal somewhere in the room. So when you fire a portal, you'll come out mm-hmm. and walk through it. You'll come out at where the other one is. So you have to figure out where to put the portal to get to where you need to be. Eventually, you get the um, like capability of firing two portals. One for the entrance, one for the exit. So you can put yourself pretty much wherever you want in the map by determining where you need to fire it. So um, and throughout the game, you, there's kind of this narrative going on in the world that's kind of... Because you don't know why you're there. You don't even understand why you're doing this. Just that this thing is telling you to do it. But there's a narrative unfolding in the world of other people have been there before you. And maybe some people decided they didn't want to follow these instructions. And you get this weird little narrative that's unfolding behind the scenes. It's an amazing game. Um, it's so simple, the idea, but it's it's almost like... It's like, well, it started off, actually, as this independent company, not Valve. These kids made this indie game. They were um, computer science uh, majors. And they made this... It was... It was called Nabacular Drop or Navacular Drop. But it was essentially the concept of Portal but with no story. It was just like, here's this game where you fire this, you fire this, you try and get out of the room. Right. And Valve saw this project that these students were doing and said, when you finish college, do you want to come and work for us? Because we're interested in the concept. They left college, came to Valve, got employed full time and Portal came off the back of this independent project. Um, and what Valve did was said to them, "You can the Half-Life universe already exists, which is our big 
game, Half-Life. How about you drop your idea into our Half-Life universe? Because Portal takes place in the Half-Life universe. Oh, you didn't tell us that. No, it's uh, if you play the first-person shooter Half-Life and Half-Life 2, Aperture Science, the company that is... Oh, so you have to play it all? No, no, absolutely not. Portal's okay. a standalone game, but there's Fans hints at Aperture Science in Half-Life. I mean, it exists in Half-Life, so... I mean, you don't get a portal gun in Half-Life, oh, yeah. but you know it exists. There's all kinds of things. There's the logos on walls and all kinds of stuff. So they just transplanted the portal thing in, but they did it so perfectly. But then that would be lost on me, because I have no clue. It would, Half-Life. and you don't need to know it either. Because yeah, there's a story with meaningless. Right, but there's a story with them. If you're a Valve fan, is what I'm saying, they all link together in a way. But yeah, Portal's its own standalone story. It does... You understand at the end why you were there, and it's it's a contained thing. Um, but Portal Two um, promises to be two and a half times the size of the original, uh, the the story. And then there's also a, a standalone co-op mode where you can play with a friend that is also the same length as the story. So there's two games in one basically in Portal Two, hence two. So. Um, I'm really looking forward to playing it because it literally is one of my favourite games. Um, I want you to play Paul. I'll put it on your laptop. Thanks. Um, I want you to play. At least play a few levels and tell me what you think. Because and see, I want I want to watch to see how you solve the puzzles. It's interesting to see. Yeah, watch. Oh, yeah. I can't perform under pressure. Okay, you can. No, I can't. They're, they're pretty easy at the beginning. <laughs> you're, you're oh, good. thanks. Well then, thank you. That should be all I need. Then easy puzzles. So um, I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, definitely, you know, play it. Because it's it's only three hours to do the whole thing, probably. You want me to read books? You want me to play games? What the hell do you think I do with my time? I make a living. You you could play Paul tonight. <laughs> I play Pogo.com. <laughs> Pogo.com. <laughs> I play the whole site. I play Boggle Bash. So, yeah, Paul... And The Sims. And Sims Medieval. I don't have time for this other crap. So, Paul 2 is out Tuesday. Uh, I'll get it on Tuesday, and then I'll talk about it. Because I'm going to play the co-op through with one of my friends on Xbox Live. Um... The other big game this Tuesday is Mortal Kombat 9. It's essentially Mortal Kombat 9, but it's called Mortal Kombat because they've rebooted the franchise completely. So forget the 9. Forget 9 games came before it. It's Mortal Kombat is back. What Mortal Kombat is, is a fighting game from the... I, w- I would like to say late 80s, early 90s. It was Street Fighter was the biggest fighting game around that time. Virtua Fighter was another one by Sega. But Mortal Kombat came along and blew everybody's minds and people kind of forgot what Street Fighter was. It became so popular, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat introduced the concept of special moves. Um, the, The big concept of Mortal Kombat is the fatality. So when you've fought the guy, you know, it's a fighting game. One guy on one side, one guy on the other. When you fought him to the death, when it's when it says, like, you, you win you pulled off this button combination and you could do some really gruesome thing to him, like pull his spine out of his... You know, it was... My interest is measured by the yawn I just did. They introduced fatalities and then it was amazing. Mortal Kombat went on to, like, babalities, where you turned your opponent into a baby. Um, There was all kinds of shit. Like, they expanded on it. Well, anyway, they took it back to the grindstone, basically. This is almost like Mortal Kombat 1. But... A next-gen version of it. Everything's souped up. The graphics are amazing. 
Um, you know, it's an arcade stick kind of game, so I'll be get the stick out and play this week. Um, really looking forward to it, because Ed Boon, the guy who made it, he's one of my heroes from back... Anytime you put out a game, I used to buy it. It's like, because the fighting games he makes are just... Japanese people made fighting games back in the day. There was no Western fighting games, and Mortal Kombat is pretty much the only Western fighting game, so it kind of appeals more... It's not completely Japanese, you get what I'm saying? Well, like, the magazine that you have in the toilet, near the toilet, has like three fighter games, like the first fighter games. They didn't look Japanese. They didn't sound Japanese. Oh, were they? I don't remember. It had three different types as well, like 2D, I don't know what they were, but they didn't look Japanese. Virtua but. Fighter was one of the big ones. That was Sega, so it was from Japan. Right. Street Fighter was Capcom These from weren't Japan. those. These were like 8-bit looking. Like old, old. Right, like, yeah. You know. Karateka was one back in the days. <laughs> Karateka. Karate Champ was one back in... It was, you know. Well, 8-bit, there was also Street Fighter. Street Fighter was on the Super Nintendo. No, 16-bit. Not the 8-bit era. So, yeah, um, Mortal Kombat will be this week. And I've been playing more of Ghost Recon Shadow Wars 3D on the 3DS... I highly recommend it to anybody. It's, um... At first glance, there is not much to it. But I'm telling you, I've played it for... And I've got got a timer saying how long you've played. Played it for almost 14 hours. And I'm 8% complete. So there's a big... It's not a... It might be a portable game on a small system. But it's a huge game. It's, um... A real-time strategy game. If you like StarCraft... Or... Um, Command and Conquer, those kind of games. It's those kind of games, but it's turn-based rather than being... um, You don't click something and tell it to go there and it instantly goes there. You have to take turns. Like like it'll say, your unit can go eight spaces that way. Kind of like a board game like Risk. And you take turns. You do your turns, they do their turns. And you're in command of a little squad called the Ghost Recon Squadron and then the baddies. And you've got a... There's different objectives. Sometimes you have to, like break into a building sometimes you have to clear the map of enemies sometimes you have to hijack a tank but um it's all in 3d it's a top-down kind of deal the 3d actually makes the game cool there's like sections of the game a very bit that i remember at the beginning there's a helicopter that's crashed and there's smoke coming out of the helicopter you told us this last week the smoke coming out of the helicopter and when you are looking at it in 3d it's like the smoke's coming out of the just it's really subtle. It's like drifting out of the screen, but leaving the screen. Oh, no, I told you about pilot wings last week. It's different. You told us about smoke and a helicopter crash and the smoke coming about you. I didn't mention this game. Well, they must have the same effect. Maybe I told you. Maybe. So, um, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's um, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Shadow Wars 3D. <laughs> Another contender for longest title of a game ever. Um... So, and yeah, it's on the 3DS. So, um, And the last thing I wanted to talk about this week for me is I've been reading the book Horns, which is a book by Stephen King's son, Joe Hill. And it's Does it a, matter that you tell people it's Stephen King's son? Shouldn't he just be says Joe Says it Hill? on the cover. Right. Um, so no, it doesn't matter. Um, I think it matters a lot. It says if you it right gave on me, the cover. I know, but if you gave me a book and it didn't have that on there, just a dude and I'm reading it and I'm liking it or whatever... 
Then you tell me it's Stephen King's son. It completely changes my point of view. Like, completely. Yeah, Some people hate Stephen King. Right. Hate. Well, hate. not like his son. Right, but I'm saying, you tell them that. It's, and not, then it's they nothing might... like Stephen King. Well, that's good. Uh, nothing at all like Stephen King. Um, and uh, I'll just give you the pretty much the tagline of what, I, what it's about. A guy, a guy goes out drinking, gets really plastered. That's uh, drunk in a English speak. We, we call it plastered as well. <clears throat> Wakes up, looks in the mirror, hung over, and uh, he's got horns growing out of his head. Doesn't know why, and sets out on the mission to understand why. Why do we say plastered, I wonder? I don't know. <laughs> but it's a really interesting... I mean, I've read about a third of the book so far, and I, t- I told you uh, mm-hmm. the other day, it's an interesting concept. Because you're always like, okay, this is just an everyday guy. Why? Like, you know, why this guy? Um, so, yeah, if you're interested, it's uh, you can get it on... I got it on the Nook. You can get it on the Kindle or whatever. It's or a real book. You can actually <laughs> get a real book. Um, but, yeah, it's Joe Hill, and it's called Horns. So, uh, what have you got for dinner or your things this week? For dinner, you can smell it, can't you? Yes, Crock-pot chili. Oh, yeah, crock-pottery. Crock-pot chili is vegetable chili. It smells delicious. Along with some jasmine rice and or seven grain pilaf. You get to choose this time. Kind of a wild rice kind jasmine of thing. Jasmine rice, I think. Jasmine rice. We or jasmine rice. Jasmine. <laughs> and uh, then I'm also going to make some sidkatash. Because I'm going to make up some succotash, my own. Hominy green beans. Succotash is like corn and green beans. Do you know where I've ever heard succotash? It's kind of funny. Something succotash. Delight, groove is in the heart. You know that song? (laughs) Groove is in the heart. Yes. She says something like, my succotash, my succotash, witch. Sing it, baby. (laughs) Okay. It's not that (laughs) good. That's the only time I didn't know what it was. Well, this is my own version of succotash I had when I was a kid. Was It was corn and green beans mixed together and sometimes onions, peppers, or something like that. But this is going to be hominy and green beans. Maybe some tahini. I don't know yet. And then uh, what else do I have to discuss? My mother came to visit this week, and it was quite fun. We got some stuff out of it. Always a good thing. You, she finds, she goes to auctions. Like, she's 69 years old. And her dude is 75 years old. And they love going to auctions. Now, if anybody out there can identify with this parent who loves auctions and garage sales, then you're going to know what I'm talking about. She'll say, I bought a present for your husband. I got it in a box of crap for a dollar. And it happens to me. (laughs) Like, when she starts off that way, you always feel honored that she has dug out of a box of crap for one dollar this thing that she's giving to you. But this happens to be what? Star Wars um, figurines. Five-piece set by Applause. Correct, and that is from the 1997 re-release of the movies. And she said, I don't know if the if the people in there are important in the movies or anything. It's are just they? the main people. And it's just uh, Han, Solo. Han Solo, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, and Boba Fett. All in one set. So I was kind of impressed with that. It's all in the box, never been taken out. I want to take them out of the box. Not that I... Yeah, we're, we're not the type to be precious about things. I am on um, some things, but I want to take those out of the box. Right. Go for it. Um... And she also, we were at a large store, and at some point in my life, in the last year or so, I've gone to her house, and my hair dryer disappeared. She claims she never saw it, and on another day she'll say, oh, I was cleaning out that back room, and I threw away a whole bunch of crap. More crap that she's throwing away. And I think my hair dryer went the way of the crap. 
So I was at the store, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get me a hairdryer finally today. And I got like a $17 hairdryer, nothing fancy, you know. Put it on the thing, and then she had a couple things, and I had a bottle of wine. And she gets up there, and her, our stuff was mixed together because I'm like, I'll just pay for it. And she goes, oh, I'm getting this. And I'm like, no, I've got a hairdryer on there and a bottle of wine. And like, she goes, oh, that's fine, that's fine. So then she gets her ticket, and she's like, 80 bucks. <laughs> Why is it so much? I said, I told you. There's a hair dryer and a bottle of wine and like 10 other things that I got, you know. She's like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. So I got my hair dryer replaced. How much then, did you get hair dryer? $17. Oh, $17. Then we went to Sears and I don't shop much for clothes, right? Round women. If any of any any round women claim that they love clothes shopping, I don't know. I think they're delusional because it's very uncomfortable and it's not fun. Really not fun. Um... But she was looking at swimsuits, and right next to the swimsuits were winter coats. And these one style kind of caught my eye, and it was on a rack that said starting in 1999. And I thought, I've worn the same winter coat for 13 years. This is how much I don't like shopping for clothes, right? I've worn the same thing, and it's at this point, it's almost like bearing a big burlap sack. I mean, it's warm enough, right? But it's brown, and it's... It's pretty big. It's very big. I mean, I've lost... 50, 60 pounds in the last year or so. And even then, it was big. So, And like I said, I haven't even ventured out to look at a new coat for over a decade. So I'm looking, and then I find this one, and it fits really snug. Kind of like the round women who need to uh, stop wearing things just a little too tight. Okay, it fit me just like that. Like if I were to try to move my arms forward, it was right. very helpful. But then we're looking, and she's like, oh, that's just so cute. That's so cute. And then we found... It's purple, and it's kind of like a Barney color, so some might mistake me for Barney. It's the but, color of that Nani color. Yeah, it is. And it's one, it's the size bigger than the one that was a little, just too snug. And it fits perfect, and so I'm like, oh, good, I'll get it's it. It's 20 bucks. Like, 20 bucks. I need a new coat. It looks right. It's got deep pockets. It's got a hood. It's kind of short. It's cloth. Perfect, right? So then she's like, I'm getting that for you. I'm getting that for you today. I'm like, no, you're not. I'm getting me a coat. Don't make me put it back and then come back. And she's like, no, I'm getting that for you. So we get up there, and the chick then, of course, convinces my mother to sign up for a Sears card because she can get $10 off her order, blah, blah, blah. And my mom's like, okay, fine. So ultimately, I got I got my coat for free. She got it for 10 bucks, And you looked at it, and you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. You were not impressed with my coat. I said it was all right. Yeah, he said it was all right. It's awesome. And it was free. So now I have a new coat. And it almost got cold enough to wear already again, but I didn't Just wear it anyway. <laughs> With my shorts. Yeah. Wear it in the hot. And so that's it. I got a coat and a hair dryer and we got some... Tried to fix the lawnmower this week. Tried to fix... You worked really hard. You and my mother. My mother watched and... Ripped my hand up. You got a nice blister on there and we gave up essentially. It works. And we get a new hair dryer. I mean, get new... It works. Now that I got a free hair dryer and a free coat, I can afford the lawnmower. I'm saying the lawnmower works. I got it working. But But the... It doesn't propel anymore. Yeah. So you have to push it manually. And it's quite heavy. Funnily enough. And the wheels don't spin quite as nice. So if anybody out there has a small engine repair no, technology. nothing wrong with the engine. But it would be a small engine repair person who would right. be able to uh, look into the thing. But anyway, we'll probably buy a new one. You donate this one to somebody. Yeah, this definitely shouldn't be thrown away. No, no. I'm sure that? it could be fixed even. We're Absolutely. Just, I'm just the kind of person, Gary like, Puppet. if that thing is giving me grief, I'm buying a new one, right? No, I, I won't buy a new coat for 13 years, but I'll buy a new one. I think more. a repair person might be cheaper. I think <laughs> yeah. it, I don't think there's that much wrong with it. They could probably fix it. Then you need to seek out somebody. Other than that, anything else? 
The door not the doorbell rang a little while ago, and we don't have any idea who it could have been. Probably just some bullshit trying to sell it's us. Because it's Sunday. Nobody's going to sell us on Sunday. I told you I've been woke up on a Sunday morning by gut people. Oh, I planted a tomato plant. Do you want me to plant more? Yes, I like tomatoes. Okay, I planted one. I don't like tomatoes. I like tomatoes. <laughs> oh, sorry. We only have tomatoes here. <laughs> and other than that, we got to go because uh, I'm smelling that food. It's and strong. it's really hot in here today. It is hot in here. Uh, so. Uh, so, so I want to thank you for listening. Meaning of life. I, I know the meaning of life. Monty Python. But I'm going to save Consult that. Monty Python's I'm going to save that for another time. So you're going to have to keep listening. Well, we watched Steve Coogan in concert last night. Correct. Very funny. Especially, it was funny. I didn't get the belly laughs that I used to get from him. So Especially the um, Everybody's a Bit of a Cunt Sometimes <laughs> song. <laughs> it's really good. Any Americans who don't aren't used to that word, just it's uh, a British thing. Everyone's a bit of a cunt sometimes. <laughs> You're a cunt. You're, you're a supposed cunt. don't sing it. You're Just a cunt. Don't, you're don't a cunt. sing it. Everybody's so a bit rude. of a cunt sometimes. And he does it in like a um Like singing in the rain kind of yeah, style. It's quite funny. Uh you didn't like it that much. I didn't say I didn't like it. I said I didn't get the belly laughs I get from him in the past. I really liked it. I feel like it was very homage to himself, which is funny and comical, but I didn't get a lot there were a couple times when I laughed but... I really liked Alan Partridge part. Yeah. Alan Partridge. He needs to bring back Alan Partridge as a full-time show. Um, it is his best thing. I like how you never see past the thing you want, but that's a person who has to write it and perform it He's and live with it. The Alan Partridge movie. Well, that's I'm good. excited. That'll be enough. No. <laughs> so um, Watch the old ones, because then you'll really laugh. And that show, if you want to see it, it's on DVD. It's called Steve Coogan... With Alan Partridge and other less meaningful guests or something like something that. Something like right? that, yeah. yeah. Uh, something like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan. This is from last year, I believe. So, um, I want to remind you about the websites, ascully.com, sidtar.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the RSS feed on the page. Just go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast at the top and... Listen to all 168 podcasts. That's 100. Good luck with that. Yeah, 168 movies. It might actually be more because we did a three pack at some point of three different comedies in one box. Mm. So it might be more than 168 movies, but there you go. And all the recommendations and all the food that we've talked about and the video games. It's a, it's a, it's a, we have created a universe of our own. It's a cornucopia Uh, of uh. delight. Um, and you can also catch this on the iTunes Music Store. You can email feedback to me at ascoli.ascoli.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Oh, no, you can email Sid Talk. Sid Talk at narnia.com because that's, <laughs> that's where she, you can send it to Narnia. That's where I spend most of my time. And um, I want to Oh, we didn't mention in the cast that... Um, did we mention that Liam Neeson was... Yes. I didn't have him wrote down. But yeah, Liam, Liam Neeson is uh, voice. the voice of Aslan. So um, I want to say stay classy and... Um, Hopefully, the silver chair, which is the next Narnia book, gets made. Correct. Stay classy. I've said that. What'd you say? Stay classy and hopefully the... Oh, that isn't right. No, make a real one. No, that's it. That's not right. If this is someone's first time and you're not doing the stay classy... Go fuck yourself, San Diego. (laughs) That's my fallback one. <laughs> and you have to be a movie fan to know what that's. <laughs> and I'm gonna say, think for yourself, everybody, because if you don't do it, 
somebody in this world is going to do it for you. And they probably already are.